Hey everybody, welcome to the 423 Soccer Pod, and this is the post-match rant, and this is where we review the match we just watched, and what we just watched was a CFC loss in the regional semifinal to Miami FC. Uh, CFC goes down to Miami 2-0 with uh, two goals in the second half from two players that play for Miami. I don't know their names, and right now, tonight at 10 o'clock after this, I don't really care. So, uh, Todd, I don't know if you have their names or if you care, but I, I don't really care. <laughs> I could probably dig them up, but I, I'm not going to bother. Yeah, I didn't really care. So, um, you know, I've, I've got I've got some stat, stats here, and I'll go over those. And Todd, you just jump in whenever you whenever I say something you feel like uh, needs to be you know needs to be um, cleared up or, or corrected. So the the first half it was I think we I had Miami with six shots, uh, CFC with one. Um, three of those shots for Miami were on goal. Uh, one that one CFC shot was on goal. Um, two corners to one for Miami, uh, six fouls for Miami, seven for CFC, and then one yellow card for Miami. What did you see in that first half, Todd? First of all, we always knew it was going to be tough, right? But yeah. And back-to-back games, uh, Friday, Saturday night, and then, you know, we just in our heads, like we were doing the post-match the other night, we just assumed Wednesday, when in fact it's Tuesday. So, you know, we knew it was going to be tough when we put all that together, making the long trip down. And so I think for me, in, the, in that first 25 minutes, I thought CFC struggled. Um, they they looked like a team who had, who had played several games on yeah. short rest. Uh, I saw them kind of struggle with uh, Miami's pace, mm-hmm. and there were some errant passes, you know, just kind of sloppy with the ball that we don't normally see out of a, the CFC side, who's usually spot on with their passing. Um, but, you know, Hats off to uh, Miami. They came out and uh, they looked dangerous. They were quick on the ball. They were definitely the uh, the team that controlled things. And yeah. CFC just looked like they were kind of struggling to find the pace of the game in, in yeah. that in that first little bit. So um, I don't know. It's uh, it, it was it was tough sledding just right out the gate. Yeah, we should we should say that the the team that that CFC put out there was pretty much the team that played Inter. Uh, with you know on Friday, with the exception, Walsh. Yeah, Walsh. You know, Walsh had the red in that game, so it was basically it was the same side that that played Inter minus Walsh. So you know, they had the the four changes back. I guess it'd be only three changes now because uh, because of the Walsh. So we we brought back some some guys, and and so you you would think that they would have that that those were people we brought back would be slightly fresher, but it, yeah, you I think you said it right. It, CFC seemed to be struggling to find just to find the pace and find the, the flow of the match. It didn't, it did not help that two of your players, two of your starters go down fairly early with injuries. Uh, Lima just in a run, you know, running off to, you know, to get a ball on, you know, on our right side. And then he just, you know, you you just see it all the time. They're running and then all of a sudden, you know, that right hand goes down to that. I think it was his right hamstring and, you just, you know, I just, I think I, you know, told you, I said to you, you know, when we were talking to each other kind of in the back channel during the game, that I thought he was done. He came back and tried to play a little bit, but. Yeah, I think you and I were both surprised by that. I mean, he came yeah. back in, you, you hardly ever see anybody grab their hamstring like that, come back in. And he actually played another 15 minutes before. 
before he was uh, subbed off by uh, Daniel Bongo, who I thought actually did a, a very good job in his place, uh, sans the uh, late <laughs> challenge yeah. or the penalty. But no, I, th- I thought he did well. And then like just uh, in, in the 30th, uh, before he actually gets subbed out, you have uh, Sanchez uh, go out of the game, and he was replaced by Valenciano. And we didn't really see what happened in that yeah. I don't situation. have no, I have we no just, idea. It was kind of off the ball, and and then the next thing we know, he's getting subbed off. So you know, within the first thirty thirty five minutes, you've got two thirds of your spine subbed off the field, and and now everything you're doing is reactionary. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, then we're still trying to struggle to keep up with the pace. Although I thought they started to grow into the game uh, a little bit, and I was like, well, you know, maybe maybe this was just part of it. Absorb some pressure and and see what happens. But we were we were struggling to to create chances. I thought in that first half, and and Miami uh, seemed to have their foot on the gas, and and uh, probably CFC was lucky to to get out of that first forty five zero zero. Yeah, a little lucky. I, you know, Phil had three three saves, and then they they hit the crossbar with a with a, a pretty good shot. They had another shot that would have I think would have challenged. Feel that was blocked. So I, you know, certainly Miami had the better of the chances that first half. But you're right. You know, you go in nil nil. You haven't played. You haven't played very well. You're a little tired. You're a little leggy. Um, you lose a couple of guys. But you go in thinking, you know, um, it's nil nil, and it's anybody's game. Anything can happen. Uh, and then you know, we come back out for that well, second half. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Well. Well, let's not forget. We did have what two chances that we thought were significant in, in the first half. In the 30 knot, Zeka gets the ball and at the top of the box and turns. And he has that split second where he looks up and he plays the ball into space, almost like he was doing get like a give and go. But yet the, he gave the ball to no, like just went to no one. And he was just kind of by himself. It looked like he could have taken a touch toward the goal and, and had a, an open shot and the ball just kind of, you know, trickled harmlessly. Yeah. That's, that uh, to, was very, uh, Miami. that was very strange. Like the ball goes yeah, into it was, him. It was like he, the ball goes into him at the top of the 18. He takes it and turns, and he's standing at he's standing in between the eight, top of the 18 and the spot, and he's there by himself. And he just rolls the ball into space as if somebody was making a run, which there was nobody yeah. there. And or I, he thought he was offside. I think he uh, thought he was offside. I, I, I think he did. I think he thought it was offside, and he just kicked the ball. I mean, and and it's frustrating because you know you, you know maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But man, when he he could have turned. And I know he's probably beating himself up about it. So I, and there's no reason for me to. But you know, it, you know, he turns, and I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. This is, and then the ball just rolls, and I'm like, I don't. Well, I guess I don't know what that. I was. guess it's one of those things that in a game of that we had few quality chances. This was one, especially early in the first half, that really it could have caught. You know, if you put in the goal here, you, you might could have changed the trajectory of things. Yeah, you know, they really. Uh, you know, then, you know, CFC really didn't create a lot when you and I spend two or three minutes talking about a time when when Zeka had the ball yeah. at the top of the box and, and, <laughs> and we don't know what done we it. don't know what happened. I mean, that that's that kind of describes <laughs> really the match. Hats off to Zeka for being yeah, exactly. uh, one of the few times that yeah. that was he, somebody was in a dangerous position. Yeah. Okay, we did have, let's talk about the controversial call of the first half, uh, which happened a minute later in the 40th minute. We we kind of talked about this before we we started recording. Yeah. And Webb gets a ball put through to him and We'll get this part out of the way. He goes through. He looks like he's offside of the naked eye. He scores. CFC think, looks like they're up one to nothing. The ball's headed back to the center, and it gets called, and it gets called back after the Miami players start appealing 
to uh, the AR. Yeah. Now, and then, it, but then it really, re- re- <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to, you have to go just with the normal flow. Not only does it get called back, but you're like, okay, it gets called back, and then we have a free kick. Which, you know, anybody who watches soccer for any amount of time, the per the team that is offside doesn't get a free kick if they're offside. So it was really strange. The uh, the announcers had no clue what was going on. Um, they right. had no they had no idea why what had happened had happened. And so it, after some analysis you went through and you dissected, yeah. and I think you have a pretty good description <laughs> of what actually happened yeah. in your version of VAR. Yes, yes, my version of, of VAR. So it, it's a, I guess it'd be JAR, Jim Assisted Refereeing, um, with my advanced offside technology that I used for the other one of the other calls, uh, or the, I guess it was this call. So what I saw was we, you know, we played the ball through. Um, after I think it's Caleb that plays the ball through, he gets cleaned out, and the ref sees that and plays advantage. And so the advantage goes through, and if that's an onside, if that's an onside pass, he goes and finishes. It's our goal because you know the 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 ref has played advantage. We can continue, but what immediately happens, and that's what that's what the center ref thought happened. And so she points to this, she points to the center spot, and everything's fine. But what I don't really know, and I'm guessing here, it was the pass was judged to be offside by the AR. I don't know when he did when he judged it or when he decided. But um, I went back and and so when the pass is judged to be offside, uh, there is no advantage because you know the pat the the, we, the CFC could not have benefited from that pass. So the ref rightfully brings the ball back and awards a free kick for that foul that she spotted. The only question I have, and the one that is is one that you really can't, you can't see because you can't see the AR in the shot, is does the ref does the AR kind of sheepish, sheepishly raise his flag, and then when the center ref points to the center spot, think that the center ref overruled him, and so he doesn't can, he doesn't wave the flag or anything like that, or does he just not raise his flag, and it was it's not until the the ref comes over and say tell me what you saw. I I, I don't know. I can't answer that. The center ref, I don't think, did anything wrong. I think she can, she she did what exactly what she was supposed to do. She saw a foul. She gave advantage. The shot went in. She pointed to the center spot, and then her her something happened between the AR and the center ref, and and the you know the the, the play was judged to be offside. But when you go back and look at it. I mean, he was he was clearly off, and so you know they, it's you know you said this when we were talking. It's pretty amazing in the in the world of VAR that two refs with no technology were able to talk with each other, figure it out, and get the call spot on. I mean, you know, and she could have easily forgotten about the foul and said, "Yeah, I played advantage, but you know it was offside, and I played it, and you just get anything, so it's offside. They get a kick." But she brought the ball back to the spot of the foul and gave CFC a free kick. So I. I I think she handled it really well, and I know that people were frustrated. They were, I mean, heck, I mean, I tweeted out, you know, what the what the heck just happened, um, <laughs> and, and because it was very confusing until you go back and watch, and so if it's confusing to us and the two refs that are on the field watching this in real time can get together and, and take care of it, I mean, hats off to them. I know it's 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 frustrating. The the people who are at the game probably are fuming about that call all the way back, you know, on their way back to, to, uh, to the Chattanooga, the team, the coaches are not going to know what happened and they're going to be incredibly frustrated. They're going to what if themselves to death. Uh, but I think when they go back and look um, that, you know, they can tell that, that the call was, was pretty spot on. Yeah. I thought overall, I mean, we talked about it too. 
overall, I thought the refs did a, a pretty good job handling things. She seemed to be pretty on top of it. Yeah. I thought the early warnings to Lima and an early yellow she had dished out, I thought set a nice tone. It kept things under control for most of the game. Uh, there was some uh, shenanigans really late in the game uh, that we'll get to, uh, resulting in a red card uh, to Dunstan uh, for CFC. But, you know, outside of that, I thought it was a pretty well-officiated game. I just didn't see anything that rose to the level of, you know, outrage at all. So, yeah, uh, hats off to them at this level. Yeah. It's rare we see uh, quality officiating. Yeah, I don't, think, um, I don't think we can blame this one on the refs. So. No, no. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like you said, we come out in the second half. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested to see what changes are made. Miami comes out, and they have three subs right off the bat. And, um, and – you, and it, you can kind of tell, and actually, CFC has a has a sub too, I believe, maybe in about the 60th minute. But that first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, I, for me, it was just really sloppy on both sides. Mm-hmm. Nobody was really uh, getting anything productive done with the ball, um, and it, it was just. But I thought at the same time, I was like, well, at least you know. I thought Chattanooga was holding their own, and it looked better than the first half. Although it wasn't attractive, it wasn't you know one-way traffic. So, uh, and then in the there was a, a sub. Uh, Lloyd Sam came in, which Lloyd Sam is a former MLS player for New York Red Bull. He's a quality player. Came in for Miami and uh, served in a cross from the right side, and it got a little bit of controversy on this one. Not too much. Uh, serves on the right side, and one of their players um, heads the ball down, and uh, from about five yards out, uh, the second player Martinez finishes it off. I'm sorry, Morales finishes it off and uh, makes it one to nothing. How are you feeling up to this point in the in the second half? What do you mean after after they scored? No, up until that point. Um, I mean, I, I you know I was I was glad I was glad we were holding on, but I really kind of felt like we were just. We were just kind of holding on. Um, yeah, I, I, I just uh, I did not feel great about about the match at that point. Um, you know, you, I think I felt kind of like Asheville did the other. <laughs> I think I felt kind of like no, seriously, Asheville kind of hung around, but you never really felt threatened, and I felt like he yeah, was never yes. really doing anything threatening. Yes, I, I take yes, that that's exactly how I felt. Like, hey, we're still in it; it's nil nil, and. Anything can happen, but we did not. We didn't generate much of anything. Um, you know, we were only in the game because because of some really good defending on the. You know, the really. I think the back line played really well um, and kind of. I thought collectively we actually defended well. Yeah, collectively. we did. Yeah, for and, sixty I mean, some minutes. Any, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from the collective effort of the team. I thought the effort was there. I thought that they were fairly organized. I just thought that overall they were tired and that, that Miami looked more fresh, had yeah. more ideas, and yeah. it was just one of those games. Well, again, I think, you know, I think you said, you know, you felt like you felt like maybe how Asheville felt. I think that's a, that's that is spot on because I think, you know, I think we harassed them and they were they got I wouldn't say they were frustrated, but they had to change. And so they brought those three subs on. I didn't I didn't really pay attention to what System they came out in. At one point, I I thought they were playing a diamond two, you know, diamond two, but I don't I don't know that. I you know I'd have to go back and watch. But when they came out and made those subs, it was clear that they put more people forward. It looked like maybe a four three three with their center forward dropping a little bit, you know, the whole false nine kind of thing. Um, so I, they I think they changed their system. They, I know they flipped their they flipped some people around to different sides. 
So there was clearly something that we were doing that first half that while they while Miami created a little bit and had the better chances was frustrating them and they were not really getting they were not really um, I, I, you could tell that this we were a level of team that they hadn't really played before um, but when they made those changes uh, you said the first ten or fifteen minutes of the second half were sloppy it was true that it was it was not great for that first couple of minutes. But as the, as the as that second half went on, Miami just grew into the game and, and just took it real took it over. I mean, I, you know, just you know, they had um, from a from just a stats perspective, they had seven shots in the second half. Five of them were on target, which tells you that they were creating better chances, better shots for themselves. Um, they had four corners. Um, they didn't. They weren't fouling. So we were. You know, we we had to foul a lot more. Um, and so, you know, it, it, you can just tell, you know, this for a total, they had 13 shots to our four. They had, um, eight shots on target to our three. Um, and, and a lot of it, they grew in the second half. And so that you know, they made changes. Those changes came on. You could, there, you could clear, you could clearly see the, there was, I think, I don't know if it was just because of, um, uh, of weary legs, uh, but the, ta- the talent seemed to start to take over in the second half. And I don't know if, again, if it was just the fact that, that um, as deep as we are, they were that much deeper. Um, but Or it was the fact that they played one fewer game you know, than, than we have. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, you may not be able to overemphasize or we may not know the full effects of playing, you know, three games in five days. Especially and traveling, you, you know, you got to get in a, you gotta yeah. get a bus and go down to Miami and it's just, you know, you're not in your own, it's just all that stuff. I mean, it plays, it plays a role and, sure. you know, these two teams, these two teams in Finley, who knows, but um, Miami, you know, like I said, like I said on the, the podcast on Sunday, this was going to be a couple of levels up from any team that we've played, and you know I think I think Miami showed themselves to be a couple of layer, a couple of levels up from anybody else. Sure. Yeah. Well, after in the sixty six, they they pull ahead uh, one to nothing, and you know if if CFC was going to make a run at them, like that was the next probably ten minutes was the time to do it, and we created some half chances. Jao Costa came on and he created. A nice little chance for himself, and really, what I would say was the only true, like you know, remotely difficult save that they had to make. Uh, their keeper had to make in in the game, and um, you know, he really wasn't tested all night. Their back line was was really strong, and yeah. we really never created anything inside the eighteen too much. No. Um, and yeah. then in the eighty second minute, uh, we had the penalty. Uh, there in the penalty, uh, looked like Bongo. Uh, Kind of came out to challenge a player that was about to put in a cross in the box. Uh, it looked like he probably went in uh, either two-footed or studs up. Uh, he got the ball, but unfortunately, he was it was deemed a dangerous challenge and awarded the penalty kick, which was converted by Martinez, making it two to nothing uh, in the 82nd. You know, and, and I, I don't know about you, but from pretty much that point on, I, I knew that this was, uh, unless barring a miracle, this was pretty much a done deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I felt it was we, over when that penalty went in. I, I figured it was it was over, and I think Bongo panicked. <laughs> you know, I, I just think he, you know, I'd like to see that again. But the ball comes out to that guy, and he's open, and and he just he just goes out and kind of rashly late with a late challenge. I think he does get yeah. a lot of the ball, but he gets a lot of the player too. And yeah. uh, and you know, just you know, when you watch enough of this stuff, you can you you can just see things that look like penalties, you know, and that. 
that looked like a penalty. And so I don't. Well, I'll be, that was sort of one of those things all night. I kept noticing, like we were on the ground a lot of of physical slide. And I don't know if we were just celebrating the fact of playing on natural grass (laughs) or, or if that was, you know, or if that was just related to their speed, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I played it one time and I found that when I was, you know, mismatched for speed, then, you know, I would, Try to get at them with a little slide tackle to mm-hmm. make up for it. Yep. So I don't, I don't know if that's what it was. I think, but, I think uh, that's exactly what it was. And whether it's whether it was just natural speed or what, or if it was just fatigue. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know, but uh, it was that de- we were definitely a step slow, and and you know when you're a step slow, you go to ground, and and that's what that's what you do, and that we did that a lot, uh, more than I remember us doing all season. I mean, I go back and I should yeah. go back and count the number of slides attempted or, uh, or completed slide tackles. It was just, it was, we were all over the place. It looked like for a little while. We could probably put um, together a funny uh, montage of slide tackles. Yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and then in the 96 minute, uh, Dunstan sees red, uh, just, we, it was off the ball thing. Uh, we really didn't see, but the ref kind of, brought play back even when it looked like maybe Miami FC had advantage. She brought the ball back all the way to the uh, their end of the field uh, to to kind of break up something that had uh, gone on and yeah. uh, showed straight red to Dunstan and a yellow to uh, one of their players. So that was kind of the end of the game. It was kind of on a, on a sour, as if the two defeat wasn't sour enough. Having that red was just the insult to injury. I yeah, suppose. and, I, and I, don't, I don't know what happened. It is on you. I can't really remember a lot of times when when two players get into it and one gets a yellow, and one gets a red. That's you know, I, it's that's kind of strange. But you know that again, I, I, I you can't see it. Whatever happened is off the screen. Um, the re- the official. The, and I've um, also it's also been very few times <laughs> I can ever remember Dunstan losing his cool. Yeah. Injury. Yeah, so you really wonder, and the guy, the guy for um, Miami that was involved, what was his name? There, there was their right back that got uh, Chapman, I think. Yeah, the I mean he he's a heck of a player. Chapman Page. Yeah, Chapman Page, heck of a player. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you that he had a great match on their right side and shut down anything and everything that we were trying on our left. But I don't, I don't, you know, I mean he was a little bit of a prick. I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't know if that gets us. I don't know if that that gets us a, a higher rating. Gotta learn on, us the uh, spicy rating. Yeah, it might, it might get us the spicy rating on uh, on iTunes. But um, you know, and I saw so who knows what happened. But I wasn't surprised when I heard that it was that he was the one that got the yellow because he he was spicy all night. But he was, I mean, he was great. He shut us down. I I, I wouldn't mind him on our team, um, but. Uh, yeah. So when I heard it was him that got the yellow, I wasn't too surprised. Well, I don't really know, Todd, I don't really know if you want to belabor this point anymore. It's two, nothing. It's the end of our MPSL season. We got a couple of weeks off now before whatever comes next comes next. Do you want to say, so late in the match, you sent me something uh, as a text and I had by that time gotten to the point in the game when anything that the announcers said, no matter how complimentary it was of CFC just pissed me off. So I, <laughs> so, so I turned off the, I turned off uh, their commentary and just watched. So, um, so I, you know, I, I, I got my, I, you know, and acted like a 12 year old and just turned everything off and just watched. You then texted me something that the announcer said. What would you go over that? What did you hear? So it was it was interesting. It was about the 90th minute, and they were being complimentary of uh, the Chattahooligans once once again. 
And full praise to the Chattahooligans for making that long trip down there on a Tuesday night. Show full support that we heard over Mike Kuju, who somehow delivered the first flawless performance of of uh, the year themselves. Well, so, for this one, uh, but if you he, tried to watch, if yeah, you tried to watch the Tulsa match, it was a load of crap. So don't give him too much credit. Well, that's what you get when you watch Tulsa. <laughs> okay. But anyway, he said he was being very complimentary, and he said, and one of the announcers said, "I would, I wouldn't mind seeing these guys a lot more." And to the which, the other one said, "Well, I have a feeling we will be," and the other one says, "Well, we're not going to say anything about that right now." And it just, kind of, I was kind of like, "Well, did they know something? Was that a slip of the tongue? Was that kind of like old news and wishful thinking?" Uh, it was just interesting, and I kept listening because I thought, well, maybe they're going to bring it back up. Maybe they're going to break some news right here on the feed, and uh, nothing else ever came of it, but it did, you know, because pretty much all of us here in Lower League USA uh, wear these tinfoil hats. You know, it gets the wheels turning like, was did one of them say something and nudge the other one? And Well, do you know, do you know, who, do you know who Kartik is? Kartik Krishnaya? Yes. You know who he is? Was he, he was one of the announcers, wasn't he? Uh, I'm not sure if he so was. So somebody not. somebody said he was, and so I don't know his voice. So I don't know, but somebody said, "Hey, I know, I recognize that voice. That's him." I don't know if you saw this, but he um, on a tweet just recently he said something like that there was going to be some quote encouraging news for the independent soccer movement soon. So what the hell does that mean? I don't I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know what that means, um, but he said that if he's the one who said that comment, I think it all adds up there. I think there's something, you know, we have said a couple of times and this post-match rant is going long, but, you know, we, we're going to talk about this because you know, we don't we don't have anything else to talk about. We don't have any more games. So um, you and I have talked about the fact that some MPSL Founders Cup teams have left and are joining Nisa. And we have not heard any word from the remaining clubs that would make you think that they're incredibly upset about those teams leaving. I mean, you know, you would expect to. So we were kind of thinking about basing on like what we're not hearing is maybe more important than what we're hearing. Remember that conversation? I can't remember. It was a couple of podcasts ago. And you said, yeah, it may, you know, maybe, you know, they're not saying anything. That seems interesting. So again, you know, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna put our tinfoil hats on, um, and and go around and, and say that that I think there is something coming up soon, and it, and it makes some sense that you might that they might wait until the playoffs are over to announce something, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if there if there's a reason why the clubs didn't really come out and say anything about when Oakland left or when other when other teams left. I just wonder kind of what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and, and if no, it, I think there's all the reason in the world to speculate. And, you know, Cardick kind of has, has South Florida soccer on lockdown yeah. and mm-hmm. seems to have no stuff before it actually happens. Uh, he's, he's a really good follow on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, if you guys get a chance, he's at KKAFLA737. Uh, and he's a great follow for those of us who nerd out on Lower League USA. Um, but no, I think there's, I, I did not realize that he was an announcer if that's fact he was, but 
Uh, if he was, then I think there's uh, some credibility here. Yeah, Matt, I think Matt Busby, uh, who is involved down at uh, the camp house, I think he tweeted out um, that he recognized his voice from a podcast, from another podcast. And, you know, so, and that's when I, so I, I put that little piece of information. And then when you said what you heard, I put two and two together. I don't know if it was him that said that, but, um, you know, I, I do think, I, I do think there's something there. And I think, uh, you know, we've heard, we've heard Tim Kelly on Twitter say things when, when people have asked him, well, you know, what's going on, what's going on? He, he keeps saying, you know, um, so something we have, we will have some news soon, right? He keeps saying that over and over again. Um, I, I do, I do think there's, I do think there's a little smoke here, and I think there's a little fire here. I, I don't, I don't know if I had to guess, I would guess something is happening between NISA and NPSL. I don't think it takes a, you know, a, a rocket surgeon, as they say, to, <laughs> to, to figure that out. Um, you know, based on what you've spot, what you pointed out in terms of teams not saying certain things and complaining with teams leave, a lot of MPS. Well, no, I shouldn't say a lot. There've been what three, three teams who were Founders Cup yeah. teams. They're going to go NISA, but three out of eleven is significant. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see. And in him teasing that out before, you know, before this match, that that's made that what that's what made me think when that what he was teasing because he was talking about the Miami CFC match today, in the last couple or the last couple of days since we knew who was going to be playing, as a real exciting match and you know a battle between two teams that are established in lower lower division soccer and he was excited about the two teams playing and and then he says that and that made me th- immediately think is 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 there something with CFC going to happen I don't know if that's the case I mean that made me that may be a conspiracy too far um, but I do think we're going to hear something um, so put on your calendar like a day or two after the final. Uh, and I, th- I would be willing to bet that we're going to, there's going to be some type of announcement. Um, and, and I, you know, and maybe, maybe it'll be a little bit later than that, but maybe they'll let the dust settle. Maybe they'll let founders cup start. I don't know, but I do think we're going to hear something pretty soon. Um, and all signs point, I think to something between MPSL and NISA. And, uh, it wouldn't be the first time you and I have talked about that or guessed something like that. So. No, and once again, it's not going to surprise me either. But once again, nothing surprises me with this league whatsoever. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, I guess uh, just to touch back on the game just really quick, uh, tonight's winner, Miami FC, will go into play. It looks like uh, Fort Worth. No, not uh, Fort no, Worth. I'm sorry, Tulsa. Tulsa, Tulsa one. right? Yeah. Tulsa, yeah, yeah. 3 to 1. So. If you can make it through their Kuju feed, you would have seen Tulsa beat them 3 1. Although, yeah. for just a second, Fort Worth was up 1 0 and dreams of hosting a match entered my head and then you know stuff happened <laughs> indeed yeah all right gang uh, we may be taking a, a little bit of a break uh, jim and i talked about it we may be taking a couple of weeks off kind of get some direction uh heading into uh mpsl pro season but we'll be coming back we'll keep you updated keep us uh a follow on twitter and on facebook and We'll keep dropping some knowledge on you from time to time and keep you updated when that next podcast is going to come out. We're not going to be gone too long. Nope. Um, we just, we just kind of want to get some more general direction on the show. So give us some feedback. Tell us what you'd like to see. Tell us what you would like to hear. And, uh, but uh, keep up with us. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to take a little time and go talk and make some plans. And we do have some, some interviews, I think, scheduled. We're going to try to – we're finally going to kind of do some of those. And, and we've been talking to some people about some, some cool ideas. So 
yeah, like Todd said, we're going to maybe take a couple of weeks off. We won't have, I don't think we'll have a complete pod this week. Um, we'll follow the playoffs and we may come in. We may have, we may do like a post match thing on the final if, you know, you know, I, who knows. Um, but stick with us on online and, and we'll be interacting with folks. Again, uh, you could find us anywhere you find your, your favorite podcast. Uh, we, uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at 423Soccer. And again, this is Jim, and you can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. And this is Todd. You can find me on Twitter at GreatFootballer. We thank you for listening to this. This is our half, full, kind of full half season, uh, our first half season of MPSL Soccer at the 423Soccer Pod. We really do appreciate all of you who are listening and, can, and are providing us comments and feedback and assistance. Um, but that will do it for tonight. And with that, we'll see you soon. Go CFC. Go Blues. Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal. <laughs>